Do you remember your first real kiss? I was with my first girlfriend. We could even put that up in quotation marks if we wanted to. And I think I was 14. I know I couldn't drive yet because I had to be dropped off at the skating rink. And I was scared to death to uh, to kiss her because there was no internet back then. And for me, nobody to really ask and get details. And so it was time we went back to the back part of the skating rink where all the burnouts hung out and it was a little darker back there. And I went in for the kiss and let's just say I kissed her in a very TV friendly kind of way. And I stopped and I said, Hey, uh, let's try that again. And well, we figured out what to do. And when I think about it, I tried everything I could to not fall in love with my first wife. I told her over and over and over, I didn't want anything serious, but here it was, I'd been dating her a year and doggone it if I wasn't in love with her. And so sitting in front of her house, I said the immortal lines that usually means either something really good or something really bad is coming. And that is, I need to tell you something. And so in my head, I'm saying, say the words, I love you. And instead, and I'm not making this up, I said, I, I I like you a lot. <laughs> and this is way before Dumb and Dumber. I like you a lot. Uh, and I just backed up and I said, what I really mean is I love you. And those are scary things to do. You put yourself out there. And if you do it wrong, well, what happens? You get some feedback. You, you tweak what's going on and you move on. And over the past two weeks, I've had meeting after meeting after meeting with members of my audience. Some of them were current members of the School of Podcasting. Some of them were past members. And most people don't believe this, but behind the microphone, I'm actually kind of shy. Yeah. So I'm going to share what I learned and why I think you should be doing this, as well as we have it because of my podcast story and an interesting insights into the Clubhouse app. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting. With Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, this is where we help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. The website, schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And I have to do a little kind of housekeeping here. We have a because of my podcast story, but if you are new to the show, about a month ago I had a hard drive crash, and I have since restored my files. But the bad news is when somebody sends in a because of my podcast story, I can go in and sort those files by date and see when was the last one that someone sent one in. The bad news is right now, all of my Because of My Podcast stories have the exact same date because they were copied to a hard drive, blah, blah, blah. So I say that to say, if you sent in a Because of My Podcast story and, hey, Dave, you didn't play it, man, what's up? Uh, feel free to resend it Again, if you go out to uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question, there's a place where you can upload it there or you can record it there. And that is the website we use for the question of the month. That will be coming back, by the way, in March. We don't have a question of the month for February, but that's an easy place to upload a file for me. And today 
We're going to hear from Jerry Williams. She's an author and a podcaster, and you can find her at jerrywilliams.com. Hi, Dave. It's Jerry Williams, the producer and host of FBI Retired Case File Review. I'm on a mission to show you who the FBI is and what the FBI does through my interviews with retired agents about some of the FBI's biggest cases and some investigations you've never heard about. And this is my Because of My Podcast story, which I think is pretty cool. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called FBI Myths and Misconceptions, a manual for armchair detectives, which uses quotes and snippets from my podcast interviews to debunk cliches about the FBI in books, TV, and movies. Because of that book and because of my podcast, last summer I was contacted by two different Hollywood studios, and now I am under contract with FX Network, which is owned by Disney, and Warner Brothers and Bad Robot as a technical consultant on two TV shows that are going to be released later this fall. Now, I'm not going to name drop, but if you look up Bad Robot, you'll get to see who I get to hang out with. Talking to the writers on Zoom or the phone a few hours a week is a lot of fun and good pay. Now, I think this is a pretty cool because of my podcast story. When I started FBI Retired Case File Review five years ago, the purpose of the podcast was to help me sell more books. I am an author getting ready to publish my fifth book, Crime Fiction and Nonfiction, about the FBI. However, based on my own experiences as an FBI agent, and because I've now interviewed more than 222 former colleagues, I'm pretty knowledgeable about most of the FBI's violations. But I never thought of myself as a technical consultant, but now I am. Thanks, Dave, for letting me share my Because of My Podcast story. Love your show. Oh, thank you so much, Jerry. Holy Star Wars, Batman. I've never heard of Bad Robot, but uh, the founder of Bad Robot, yeah, J.J. Abrams, you may have heard of him. Holy cow. Wow, is that cool? If you can answer that question, because of my podcast, blank. And that blank is, well, something happened, but it wouldn't have happened except, well, yeah, I had a podcast. I would love to hear it. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, or if you want slash question, either one will get you there. I was doing some research for this episode, and I found out that there are a lot of, like, seriously good, like, experts in their field kind of people, like Tiger Woods had a coach. His name was Hank Haney. Mr. Haney was Tiger Woods's uh, coach from 2004 to 2010. And during that span, Woods won six of his 15 career major championships. Now, the interesting part of that is think about that. After the first one, you're like, hey, wow, pretty cool. After number two, there had to be a voice in Tiger's head that was like, you know what? I think I got it. But yet he kept him on for many more years. They were very close, and basically Tiger credits a ton of his his success to Mr. Haney's teachings. Here's some other people who, even after their enormous success, they still have coaches. Richard Branson, Oprah Winfrey, 
Tony Robbins, Leonardo DiCaprio, Serena Williams, and Metallica. Yes, Metallica actually kind of has a life coach because the music part is easy. Putting up with Lars may be a little more uh, hard than it appears. And coaching is one of those things. Well, here's a clip from Bill Gates. Everyone needs a coach. It doesn't matter whether you're a basketball player, a tennis player, a gymnast, or a bridge player. We all need people who will give us feedback. That's how we improve. That's how we improve. Think about the first time you went to tie your shoes. I remember mine vividly as my father was coaching me through with uh, the little rabbit goes around the turn under the thing, whatever it was. And I remember I just couldn't get it. But eventually with my coach, I was able to tie my shoes. In fact, now I do a double notch. And I don't care what area of life you want to change. Coaching is one of the most valuable tools in the world. That is Tony Robbins, and this is the CEO of Google. Our board member in 2002, John Doerr, said, you need a coach. And I said, well, I don't need a coach. I'm an established CEO. Why would I need a coach? Is something wrong? He said, no, 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 you need a coach. Everybody needs a coach. So Bill Campbell became my coach and has served Google very well. Every famous athlete, every famous performer has somebody who's a coach, somebody who can watch what they're doing and say, is that what you really meant? Did you really do that? They can give them perspective. The one thing people are never good at is seeing themselves as others see them. A coach really, really helps. And we're going to be talking about that in a future episode. I'm going to have Andrea on from talkabouttalk.com. That's a podcast who turns out is a listener of this show and has not one, not two, but three different degrees in marketing. And we're going to talk about shaping your brand and how, how you can help control what people say about you. That's coming in the future. But right now, if the word coaching is kind of like, oh, let me guess, Dave, you want to coach me, right? Of course you do. Uh, Sure. I'd be happy to review your show on the podcast rodeo show or the podcast review show. That's a show I do with Eric K. Johnson, the podcast talent coach, or if you want some one-on-one stuff, but think about it. What it is, if, if you, cause some people freak out about the word focus group. What you need to do is get a focus group and that freaks them out. So think of it as coaching and what you're getting coaching on is how to connect with your audience so that they will start telling their friends about your show. And I want to play a clip. You've heard him on the show before. This is Scott Johnson from the, what was that like podcast? And Scott just did an episode where he did an ask me anything for his audience so they could ask him about the show. And this is where Scott has episodes where people are getting struck by lightning or they know people that were struck by lightning. One guy ate his foot. Yeah. He ate his foot. There was just, it's what was that like at what was that like.com. And so as I'm listening to Scott's episode, the very first person that called into Scott said this, and I'm not sure I'm, I'm hoping Scott caught this because it's important. Listen to this caller. My name is Amanda. Um, I love your show. Uh, So does my mom. She's the one that um, introduced me to it. So that's really easy to miss because what? She loves the show. That's great, Dave. No, no. She found out about the show from her mom. Her mom said, you need to listen to this show. And so what you're trying to do is to get coached on how to make content 
that inspires people that they're like, oh, you have got to listen to this show. Why? Because the guy ate his foot. What? Yes. Here it is. What was that like.com? You want that kind of uh, inspiration. You want that kind of enthusiasm. And the people that called into Scott loved his show. Hey, Scott. My name is Debbie. And I just want to say, What Was That Like? is such a great podcast. It's always my go-to. And I'm actually on my third time of binge listening since I've been working from home. Now, did you catch that? She says she just finished listening to it for the third time. That's somebody who really likes your show and is creating content that's going to tell somebody else. And so to give you a little bit, I'm going to say this quickly because, again, I know you don't care how the sausage is made. The School of Podcasting is going to be moving to a new platform because the platform I'm using changed the way they price stuff. And I just went, nope, not anymore. And so I'm looking into redoing the School of Podcasting from the ground up because there are a lot of people. Now, every time I turn around, somebody else is either not so much a podcast consultant, but different places are launching universities and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I've I've got the School of Podcasting. I'm proud of the School of Podcasting, but I really want to take the temperature of the person that hasn't launched a podcast as well as especially either current members of the school of podcasting or uh, past members of the school of podcasting. Now I'm a little shy when it comes to contacting people. I don't know. And I was actually on a zoom party. Have you been to a zoom party yet where you just meet up and, and it's people, it's just like a party. And if this was a party, I would have been in the corner looking at their record collection. How old am I with that reference? Holy cow. But even on this thing, this Zoom party, I didn't say a whole lot because I get a little shy around people I don't normally know. And so here I am reaching out to, in many cases, complete strangers. And what was I saying? Hey, can you tell me, uh, this is what I asked, if, if you could build or if somebody said to you, You've got to go to this website. It is the ultimate resource for learning how to podcast and growing your podcast. What would it look like? And then I shut up. I didn't give them anything. I was like, would it have this or would it have this? No, nope. That was it. And I just let them answer that. And if they were a member of the school of podcasting, I was like, hey, what's the good parts and what's the bad part? And it kind of reminded me what how I kind of got over this like, oh, this could be awkward is if you're going to grow, you have to change your attitude. That's really all that it really comes down to that. You have to change. You have to be open for suggestions. And when I got my first degree in electronic engineering many moons ago, uh, which I barely remember Ohm's law at this point, for those of you that are in electronics, you just snickered at that. Sorry for everybody else. And um, I was a waiter. And really this, I just said, this is like being a waiter. I'm going to talk to people and say, what do you want? And then if you're a good waiter, you give them exactly what they want. And in a way, that's what your podcast is in this kind of exercise. Scott has a Facebook group from What Was That Like? He's always around his audience. In fact, when I was when I found Tony Robbins, he talked about, uh, I think it was like immersion feedback. And he said, back in the day, back in the day, uh, you would become an apprentice, you know, way, way back in the day. And you would live with somebody to learn a trade. And he goes, that's really kind of how, in some cases, you want to do it if you're trying to grow your business. You really want to immerse yourself with your audience. And I got to tell you, I should have done this years ago. 
And I kind of did. I would do this at events. If somebody came up and said, are you Dave Jackson? I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, oh, wow, I love your show. I would kind of do an impromptu. What do you like about it? Was there anything I can change? So I always kind of did a verbal kind of poll. But this was specific. I really wanted to know what people would, you know, just think outside the box. What would the ultimate podcast educational resource look like? And so here's some things that I gained from doing this exercise. Number one, I have a visual idea of what my audience looks like. Like I can picture this person and that person and this this person was in the garage because it was nice outside and they had their phone and things like that. Um, I have two people who are going to be future guests that in talking with them, like, well, that's kind of cool. Oh, did, did, uh, well, you should come on my show. You have three degrees in marketing. What? Well, you should come on my show. Uh, I got to see what was working in my show. In some cases, be like, well, you know, what do you like about it? Okay, what do you do this and that? And so I got some feedback on the show you're listening to right now. And in regards to the school of podcasting, I'm kind of glad to say that for the most part, I'm giving people the things they want. I actually heard the same kind of thing over why would I would want it to have this and that. And I would want it to have this and that. I'm like, all right, check, got it, check, got it, check, got it. And so I was kind of glad to hear that most of the things that people want are being delivered. And that doesn't mean there isn't room for improvement. Uh, I heard, you know, some answers, like I said, repeatedly, and that is great. That's called proof of concept that you're doing something right. So it wasn't so much that not only was I giving it to them, but I heard that answer again. Well, I would want to know like step-by-step step, and I'm like, got it. Things of that nature. I actually picked up a couple questions of the month. Like I said, that'll be coming back next month. And I, I heard two things that I was like, ooh, that would be a good one to throw out to the audience. So that's going to be fun. And the other thing is there's nothing to be afraid of. Yes, these people are, quote, strangers, but you haven't met them. They've met you. In fact, they actually kind of like you because if they didn't, they wouldn't be listening. In fact, I actually had one person that said, can I just fanboy out for a second? And I was like, yeah, I mean, that was flattering. It's kind of cool when somebody's like, wow, I can't believe I'm talking to Dave Jackson. I'm like, really? There's, you got to set the bar higher or something here. Holy cow. So it's really, really cool. And I know I could have done this on Zoom and it would have, it would have taken up less time because this is one of those things. If I had to do it again, I might pick out like 10, maybe 20 people and send it out and see how many people respond. I sent it out to my whole email list. So I had like this one week, it was like every night from like six to 10, a half hour on 15 minute break, half hour on 15 minute break. I mean, it was just back to, which was again, not complaining. That's the fact that anybody would, would be willing. So I should say that my subject line was, I need your help. Cause I do, I need your help to figure out what the ultimate podcast educational experience would look like. And because this is the law of reciprocity. Because I've helped you with your podcast, they were like, oh, if you needed help, I'm there for you. If you want to start singing James Taylor, you know, you got a friend or anybody else like that. It was very, very cool. And again, kind of humbling that so many people were like, because at first I was like, well, I hope somebody signs up. And then it was like, you've got a meeting. You've got a meeting. You've got a meeting. It was like Oprah. And the other thing I learned, and this is something that you know, that I know that you know that. I know that you know, and that is when you are too close to a subject, you, you're going to miss something. And so there was one comment that came up twice 
that in one way kind of surprised me. And yet when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So I asked, especially if people were either currently or previously members of the school of podcasting, did they find anything in there confusing? And most people were not so much confused. It's just in some cases they wanted me to go deeper into a subject that I previously had. But there was one lesson that I had two people say, yeah, I needed to kind of watch that one a couple times. And what was it? Yeah, it was the lesson on using Libsyn. And the reason that is like, what is because I work at Libsyn. Libsyn is short for liberated syndication. You can find them at libsyn.com. Use the coupon code SOP free. I've worked there for over five years. So why does that make sense? It's the curse of knowledge in that particular video. And as I went back and looked with a fresh set of eyes, I, in some cases go a little too fast. When I used to do teaching, in the corporate world, I would kind of wait like a full second, if not two, I'd be like, click on the file menu. Now click on open. Now click on the C drive. Now I wouldn't use my NPR voice, but nonetheless, you got to remember that some people, this is the first time they've seen the software. And so I went a little too fast. And the other thing is because I knew there were some features that you didn't need, I just skipped them. So I knew that. But the end user didn't. They're like, hey, Dave, you, you skipped the keyword field. So that was when I was like, ah, oh, of course, that would be the worst one. And of course, yeah, Curse of Knowledge came along. So that was the exact feedback because that's fixable. That's the beauty of it. When somebody gives you any kind of feedback, that in many cases is fixable. You're not stuck doing things wrong forever unless that person is not your target audience and they want you to change something about your show. They're like, hey, it's 20 minutes long. I want it to be six. And you're like, eh, yeah, we're not doing a six minute show. Okay, that person's not your target audience. But it, I didn't feel like I got trampled. It was done in a loving way. And the other thing you got to do, this is something I, I tried my best to do. When somebody was giving me great constructive feedback, you grab a pad and pencil and you take notes and you shut up and you just let them just keep going, keep going. And they would get done. And I'd be like, that was awesome. Thank you. So is there anything else? Because again, my attitude is the more, because they were coaching me. This is what I need. This is what it would look like. What do you think of this idea? That's a great idea. Tell me more. How would you see this and that? So if you haven't reached out to your audience, you should, because they can easily be the best coach on what they need. Sure, I can help you. Eric K. Johnson can help you. But if you really want to understand from the, quote, horse's mouth, you ask your audience. And just say, hey, send out an email. Can we get on Zoom? Because everybody understands Zoom. And I want to talk to you a little bit about helping me shape the content of this podcast so it's giving you what you want. And you're basically saying, hello, I'm Dave. I'm going to be your waiter for this evening. Why don't you tell me what you would like to consume? And just like in a restaurant, people will tell you because they don't want you to bring something that they don't want to eat. 
Speaking of being a fanboy, I've mentioned the No Agenda show with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak in about every kind of presentation that I do because it's a great show. It's a great example of people getting value for the value they deliver. And I was listening the other day, and this made me giddy and almost wet my pants. Dave Jackson was on the podcast roundtable. Mm-hmm. The Dave Jackson show. What the Dave Jackson? Ah, even the Podfather is in on the the Dave Jackson gag. Yeah, the Dave Jackson, the guy, the the podcast school of podcasting. School of podcasting, perhaps on financial. But here, Dave, I think they can pretty much trust our opinion. Now that can be controversial on its own, right? Everyone says, oh. You know, you might have an agenda. Dave, you work at Lipson, so maybe you have an agenda when you, you give podcast information, right? Yeah, that's I, I get that. As soon as I've been there five years, and anytime I say anything about media hosting, people are like, oh, you're going to say that because you work for Lipson. And I'm like, eh. But two of the shows that I trust the most, one is Congressional Dish by Jim ah, Bryan, who actually used to read all the bills that went through Congress. She still does. And she's still almost sane. Um, and then the other one is the No Agenda Show with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. And both those guys have extensive show notes. In fact, Jen is like, look, if I say something and you think I'm wrong, bring it. I'm not here to go who's wrong and who's right. Let's figure out what the truth is together. So it's a, a completely different, um, it, it's not the whole I'm right, you're wrong kind of setup, but both those shows are, and they, they talk about stuff that you just won't hear on, on regular TV, which is sad. So if you ever have the opportunity to say someone's name that listens to your show in your show, you should do it because it makes them giddy, giddy. And uh, Adam and John, in their last episode, they explained their strategy for growing their audience. Here it is. Adam and I have a motto. Don't be lame. It is a motto that we've stuck to. <laughs> you can be a lot of things. Don't it be lame. works. Don't be lame. It works. And if you missed my last episode with radio guru Valerie Geller, she said, don't be boring. So here again, that same kind of strategy seems to be working. And the reason it works is, well, here's another clip from Adam back on show, I think, 1192. Honestly, the key is you have to have an outstanding product. And I'd say 98% of what's out there is crap. And speaking of crap, the Clubhouse app, they were talking about this on their show. If you're not familiar with their show, John and Adam, they kind of deconstruct the media and here is something that, uh, well, I know Daniel J. Lewis is talking about this at the Audacity to Podcast, and I'll have links to this out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 763, because this is episode number 763. But here's what Adam was saying about the Clubhouse app. But here's what's interesting. The technology behind Clubhouse is owned by Agora. <laughs> Agora is a Chinese company. A Chinese company is hosting uh, these chats and you're just giving them everything, including your address book, because you can't invite anybody unless you give them access to your address book. This is this is Chinese spying on your conversations, you idiots. Stop. Stop immediately. And that is what I call information you're not getting anyplace else, except, of course, Daniel's website. But uh, check John and Adam out at noagendashow.com. It's a very interesting show, and they are using the value-for-value value model. And you'll be amazed at just how many people are giving them hundreds and thousands of dollars every single 
episode. And I mentioned today how I'm going to be moving and rebuilding the School of Podcasting from the ground up. That does not mean the current version is not open, and it doesn't mean that the current version isn't any good. In fact, I'm pretty proud of it and would love to have you as a student. If you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code LISTENER, you can save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And if you're worried about, I don't know, I'm going to buy the wrong equipment, nope, I don't know where to start. We can definitely help with that. I don't know how to build a website. Yep, we can help with that. I don't know what equipment to buy. We can help with that. I wish I wasn't alone. We can help with that. It's all there, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. And I mentioned Scott Johnson earlier. He is a graduate of the School of Podcasting. And this is one of those things that I thought I would leave you with. You never know who's listening and you never know the impact, because as Scott was doing his Ask Me Anything, somebody asked him kind of how he chose these topics. And because he's, again, this is the guy that's, you know, had the guy that smuggled cocaine in his, uh, you know, the, the thing he sits on. Yeah. And then it broke. That's a what was that like kind of moment. And so somebody was asking, like, how did Scott get into those types of stories and what inspired him to get into podcasting? And he had this to say, and I'm involved with this, and you just never know. This is He's talking about a show I do called Building a Better Dave, and this is the weirdest show I do. It's just me literally just talking for the, <laughs> the sake of hearing myself talk in some cases, and I'm just sharing what's going on in my life, and you never know how that's going to impact people. So here's uh, Scott talking about how my podcast impacted him. So again, don't be surprised when your podcast impacts someone else. The host or maybe a guest on the show would tell a really interesting and engaging story. And I found that those episodes are the ones I really loved hearing. And they are the ones I remember the most. I remember once I was in my car on my way to a client's location, they were a local business here, and I was on my way to an appointment with them. And on the way, I was listening to this one podcast, and the host is a friend of mine. His name's Dave Jackson, and he runs the School of Podcasting. He's the one, actually, who helped me start my first podcast. Anyway, he does this show where he just kind of talks about personal stuff in his life. And on this show, he was talking about his dog who had been with him for a long time, and his dog's name was Dudley. And Dudley was old, and his health was failing, and Dave had just had to take Dudley to the vet and have him put down. So he's telling this super sad story, and it's like a 23-minute episode, and he's telling the whole thing. And I get to my client's location, and I'm sitting in the parking lot in my car crying because of this story, because I've had dogs my whole life, and I know exactly what this is like. It's the worst thing ever. And I don't know how Dave told the story without crying himself. But anyway, I pulled it together and went in and did my thing for the client. But here's the thing. I just now looked up when that happened, and that episode was from August of 2013. And here we are right now in early 2021, more than seven years later. And I can still tell you how that story made me feel and exactly where I was when I heard it. That is powerful. So after a few years, when I decided I want to make a podcast about intense, unbelievable, but true stories, I knew that I wanted to have each of my episodes have that same effect on the listeners. That's what made me passionate about doing this show. 
And that's why, you know, when someone tells me that they listened to an episode of What Was That Like? and they just cried while they heard the person telling the story, my thought is, mission accomplished. It kind of reminds me of a quote from Maya Angelou. She said, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Thank you, Scott, for letting me play the clips. I'm actually going to use that quote, the Maya Angelou clip, in a future episode of Building a Better Dave. It's just a little weird. It's a lot weird, and I'm not sure if I'm going to release it, but you can find Scott's show. It's not weird. It's exciting and entertaining at whatwasthatlike.com. Okay, maybe the episode where the guy ate his foot. That was a little weird, but you can find that. Links to everything we mentioned today are going to be out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 763. And while you're out there, again, sign up, use the coupon code LISTENER, and well, this could be you. My son works at a high school. He's working in his office one day, and one of his coworkers comes into his office. She says, hey, do you listen to podcasts? And he said, yeah, sometimes I do. So she says, well, a former coworker of mine just told me about this podcast that I've started listening to. It's called What Was That Like? And it's all about these people and these really weird situations they were in. And a recent one is about a guy who got attacked by a grizzly bear. So if you're squeamish, don't listen to that one. But I've been going through and listening to all of them. And this is what I always say. When you make great content, when your target audience finds your show, they will download your entire back catalog. And plus, how did that woman find out about the show? Somebody told her. And he let her go on for a few minutes while she talked about the podcast. Then he said, um, you know, that's my dad's podcast, right? No, it is not. So if you have an audience, email them, Twitter them, Facebook them, Instagram them, whatever you want to do and say, hey, I would like to talk to you and get their input. Let them coach you on how to make the show that they want to hear. And if you say, Dave, I don't have an audience yet, then you should sign up for PodFest Global. I'm actually doing a presentation there. It's called Spend $100 on a Microphone and 100 Hours Studying Your Target Audience. And I will be doing that and explaining some strategies. And those strategies are in the School of Podcasting already, but I'm sharing some stuff from the School of Podcasting on how you can get a crystal clear idea of exactly what your audience is looking for. Links in the show notes out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash seven six. Three And while you're out there, subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. And I mentioned today how I'm rebuilding the School of Podcasting, that does not mean the School of Pod be easy for me to say. Wow. And I mentioned today how I am going to be rebuilding the School of Podcasting. That does not mean it is currently closed, and that doesn't mean that the current version of it is awful. In fact, I, I'm pretty dang proud of it. Dang, I'm dang proud. Look at me being all safe and sound. Oh, geez. It's really getting that late. Thanks to Scott for letting me play these clips. You can find his podcast as at, why can I not talk? Really, it's not that late. Hey, this one's not a blooper. I mentioned my email newsletter. If you want to sign up for that, I usually send out an email a week and kind of let you know what I'm working on and what I'm seeing behind the scenes. 
go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter. And Scott is looking for one specific guest. If you can help him out, his website, whatwasthatlike.com. There's one person in particular who I really, really want to have on the show. All I know about her is that her first name is Genesis, and she appeared in an episode of a TV show called The Carbonaro Effect. I really want to talk to her about that experience because her reaction to what happened on that show is really incredible. But if you know Genesis or how to get in touch with her, please contact me.